You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 191, Team Building with the Apostle Paul, Part 2. In the the last three episodes, we've talked about leadership principles from the Acts of the Apostles. And as we said, uh, Acts covers the first 30 years of the early church and how the church developed and pretty much took over the Roman Empire, at least began to spread uh, by the end of the first century. And the Apostle Paul was really the, the guy who spearheaded that, but it wasn't just him. It was his team. It was the... Uh, the, the many people that he was working with. I mean, there's about a hundred names associated with the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. So he was much more than just a one-man show. He was a um, a really powerful uh, team builder and team leader. And so he would send these teams out to to work in parts of the Roman Empire. And so he was planting churches, but also his teammates and team members we're planning churches, and you know, it's it's not really clear how many churches Paul started, but most experts think it's somewhere between twelve and twenty, and that's Paul and his team. And so we talked about um, things, characteristics, uh, things that we really need to look for when we're building a team. And last week we we talked about three of them. We talked about calling. We want to make sure we've got the right people that are called to do the job. They're not just in it for a job but they feel um, that this is something that they're they're gifted to do, something they're passionate about. We want to connect people with their passion. We want to connect the job with their passion, and when we do that, we have something very special. Um, number two, we talked about character. We want to have the right kind of character. Um, as we said, our character is shown by what we do when there's no one watching, and we want the right people um, who, with the right character that we don't have to worry about. And obviously the Apostle Paul had that because he was sending people all over the Roman Empire to do jobs and to plant churches. Number three, we talked about chemistry. You know, we may not be best friends with everybody that we're working with, but we do want to have people that we enjoy working with. We want to have the right chemistry. We want to do everything we can to prevent the the workplace or ministry place drama um, you know, that, that we so often see. And believe it or not, even in the church world, there is drama. Um, because whenever there's people involved, there, there's a potential for drama. But as much as possible, we can uh, prevent it. And we can at least lessen it by making sure we've got the right chemistry in the people that we put in positions. And so today we're going to go over a couple of more of these really important things that Paul used in, in building his teams and uh, the first one is that of competency. And, and at a place that it's fairly, you know, it's number four on, on a list of five. Um, you know, it's obviously, I don't have it listed number one, two, or three in 
for some people, they would kind of question that because obviously we want people that are competent, people that are, can do the job. But, you know, and of course there's going to be certain skills that are required for any position that you're hiring for. Um, and this is even, you know, in a volunteer role. But I've always had the, 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 the mind and had the opinion that I can take somebody and train them if they've got the right kind of character, the right kind of chemistry, um, you know, the person who has the calling to do the job, I can take them and give them the skills and, and give them the training to do what I need them to do. If they're willing to work hard and learn, we can work together. And often, especially in my police career, when I was able to build teams, and we talked about, obviously, sometimes you inherit a team and you just have to work with that, but then sometimes we're able to build a team. And and I would typically go with the younger, less experienced people, but who were passionate and felt a calling for what we were doing because I could train them. And so, um, you know, this is something to look at because this gives us the opportunity to train this person and to develop them the way we want them trained. You know, less experience is not necessarily bad because less experience means they've got less bad stuff to unlearn. And, you know, and I saw over and over again that when I would take young young guys and girls who were passionate and felt called and were had, we had the right chemistry and, you know, they were uh, had the right character, that when they came in and we trained them how to do the job, the, these guys went on to do great things in the police department. But also in the church, I've seen the same thing. Um, in teams where I've taken people with less experience, but they had the, what, the other things that I was looking for, they went on to do awesome things. So, so competency is important. And obviously, we, there's, there's got to be a certain standard um, you know, that you meet. You're not just going to throw anybody in to work with children. Um, I'm not going to just throw anybody on a security team. There's certain standards. There's certain requirements. But so many of those things, you know, we can work with and, and help them get trained. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we, we think sometimes, and, and especially in the, the church world, you know, we think, oh, maybe, you know, some somebody from another church will come, or maybe we can hire a staff member that's got these skills that we're looking for, Um you know, but I heard somebody say, you know, we ask for a worship leader and God gives us a, a lump of clay. In other words, God gives us somebody, but maybe we train them to become that worship leader. Um, you know, we we have to create the people that we need. God doesn't just give us a pot. He gives us clay to create it. He doesn't just give us a, a chair. He He gives us a tree. And it's up to us to create. And I think sometimes we... We want to take the easy way out and just go hire people because it's sometimes easier. It can be, you know, it's work to train people, but it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding when we can train and develop, not followers, but train and develop other leaders. So that's number four. And then number five is what are their communication skills like? Are they a good communicator? Does the person have good communication skills? You know, communication is what keeps any team functioning at a high level. Um, you know, this doesn't mean a lot of horrible meetings. That's not the kind of communication I'm talking about. It means that information is passed along from the top to the bottom and among team members in a timely manner. Um, does this person 
communicate well? Are there written and verbal communications good? Because let's face it, unless they're in a locked away in a closet doing IT, communication, interpersonal communications is absolutely vital. And so what are their communication skills like? And you know, obviously people that are that are introverted or more shy, this is going to be more difficult. But you know, we we teach people all the time in our church, we can't hide behind our personalities. And if God's called us to serve and to help build his church, we have to step out of our personalities sometimes and maybe stretch ourselves. And, so, and this, this may involve communication. Um, so we've got to have people that are, that are good communicators. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is important in so many organizations is having a no secrets rule. You know, one of the things that I saw in the police department over and over again is that um, managers, supervisors, or even just other people that were in the know would hesitate to share information that should be shared. Because if I share information with you, now you're in on it too. And I'm, I'm not the one holding the power. You know, information is power. But I've always believed in the no secrets rule. Obviously, there's things that should be confidential. Obviously, there's timelines and certain things don't need to be shared right away. But I've always believed that anything that can be shared should be shared. Because by getting it out in the open, there's not going to be uh, misunderstandings. A lot of times it reduces fear and anxiety. So communication is so important, and bringing in people that know how to communicate well is so important. And, you know, over-communicating is always better than under-communicating. And, you know, we need to teach our team members how to communicate and how to communicate well. There's nothing worse than having somebody on a team that that doesn't communicate important information to those that are below them or those that are above them. And so we always want to be communicating. And, you know, look, this can be this can be trained, this can be developed, you know, sending people to classes and seminars is always a good thing. But we've got to look for people that are willing to be communicators. Um, one example on our security team at our church, you know, we tell our security guys, look, we're not guys that are hiding in the corner. We're we're out front talking to people. We're being friendly. We're greeting. We're we want to be communicators because as we do that, as we become a little bit uh, more outgoing ourselves, we're going to have more interactions with people, and there's a much much better chance that we're going to spot potential problems than if we're just hiding in the corner. Um, for those that are serving on a service team, there's nothing worse than somebody who doesn't have basic communication skills on a service team. Because if you're on the service team, people are going to be asking you questions. Where's the bathroom? Where do I take my kids? Uh, you know, there's any number of things people may ask. And so we've got to be willing and offer great customer service. And that's essentially what, you know, communication is. And so, um, you know, developing our communication skills is so very, very important. So, so today we've talked about competency and we've talked about communication. But in just a minute, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of where even the great apostle Paul made a couple of mistakes on his team. But first, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. New Testament Snapshots examines 12 of the lesser-known people in the New Testament who, um, you know, there's not a whole lot written about, but there's actually enough to put together a snapshot of their lives, or at least a little bit of it. And several of the ones that I write about were actually 
team members and colleagues of the Apostle Paul. This is a great little book to jumpstart your Bible study, to help you get more out of your, your reading of the New Testament, and to help you get some background on some of these important people who played such an important role in the New Testament. So New Testament Snapshots, there'll be a link in the show notes. Check it out. Okay, I want to give you two examples of where even the Apostle Paul had some issues with some of his teammates. First one, you know, Barnabas, the Apostle Barnabas was the guy who actually went and welcomed Paul into the fellowship of the church. I mean, most of the Christians didn't want to have anything to do with him because he had persecuted the church. They were scared of him. But Barnabas reached out and pulled him in. And yet, a few years later, after they had been on an incredible missionary trip, they split up because they had such a divisive argument. And the argument was this. On their first missionary trip, Barnabas had said, hey, let's take my cousin John Mark along and let him be a part of our team. Well, that didn't work out so good because before they had really gotten very far on the trip, John Mark abandoned them and went back to Jerusalem. And it doesn't say what Paul's reaction was at the time, but probably a couple of years later is the time frame. Paul wanted to go back and revisit the churches that they had established. So he and Barnabas were getting ready to go. And Barnabas said, hey, and this is in Acts 16, hey, or Acts 15 actually, at the end of Acts 15, he said, hey, let's take John Mark along with us and let him help us. And Paul totally rejected that idea. He said he he let us down the first time. Why in the world would we want to take him a second time? And their argument was so severe that they split up and went their separate ways. Isn't that interesting? Two of the most eminent apostles of all time split up. They argued and went their own way. Um, Paul had been let down. John Mark had disappointed him. He had failed. And Paul did not want to give him a second chance. And Barnabas was that guy who loved to give second chances. So the the two apostles, um, their relationship was broken for a time. Now we do find out later in, in Paul's letter to Corinthians that they had evidently resolved that. But still, even Paul was involved in conflict. And then a second place where we find uh, Paul having issues with teammates is in his letters. He he mentions a man named Demas several times as being a part of his team and being one of the guys that, that worked with him. But then in his last letter, in 2 Timothy, Demas has disappointed Paul as well. He says, Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me. How sad is that? This is a guy that Paul picked. This is a guy that was working with Paul and yet somehow something happened and it didn't work out. He, he, he left. And from, from the way it's written, it sounds like he had even abandoned his faith. How sad is that? And then one more. You know, we talked about John Mark. Well, you know, later on, even Paul and John Mark, we said he and, and, and Barnabas had been reconciled. Well, even Paul and John Mark were reconciled because... Paul mentions him in his letters. He mentions him in 
Philemon. He mentions him in Colossians. He talks about how John Mark is here. He's working with me. He's a part of the team. But then, Paul's last letter, 2 Timothy, in the same verse, I believe, where he talks about Demas, he tells Timothy, he says, listen, come visit me. And this is right before Paul's execution. This is right before Paul is put to death for his faith. He tells young Timothy, he says, listen, come visit me, and when you come, bring John Mark with you because he is useful for me in ministry. So they've come full circle. They've come full circle. But even the Apostle Paul didn't get it right every time. He built teams. He established churches. And you know, for us to be effective in our ministries, to be effective in our lives, to be the leaders that God's called us to be, we have to develop teams as well. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think about this important subject. Remember, the five things we've talked about are calling, character, chemistry, competency, and communication. So if you missed last week's episode, go back and you'll hear those other three. And, uh, and I would love for to stay in touch with you. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. And while you're there... Make sure you subscribe to get my free newsletter. Just drop your email address in. It's safe. I'll never give your email address out. I'll uh, I'll send you my members-only newsletter that I send out once a month. And every time I'm involved in a special project, I'll let you know. But I'm not going to pester you. I just like to stay in touch. It's good to be... uh, and, and, And you also won't miss any of my posts. They'll come straight into your inbox. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. I hope this has been helpful to you. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion. 